And then, Troy, I think we should record something else, even if it's short, because Easter's next week. Uh Mm -hmm. And I may be back in time for this, but I may be dead. (laughs) Wow, that's a hell of a way to celebrate Easter. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's traditional. (laughs) It's about life, man. That's Friday. That's the Friday part. You just went to church today, man. You just went to church today. <laughs> the joke was there. I took it, regardless of whether or not it <laughs> actually was. That is fair. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm trying to, like, hello. That's my mistake. Like, every single time, I don't know what to say at the beginning. Hi, hello. Hi. And so it you? becomes more and more awkward over time because I'm trying to, like, mix it up and find out what that voice looks like. You know, yeah. uh, what is it? CinemaSins, when they do their mm-hmm. podcast, they try to do hello in a different language as and then they just put it on rotation i think oh, right on. So, okay so because yeah. i think uh... this is something that we all suffer with all podcasts suffer with uh how do we say hello to the void once a week keeping it fresh mm-hmm. yep <laughs> or do we try uh, to keep it fresh and just say hello i think i think so yeah uh so today we've got a news diverse lineup uh, for our dessert course. Um, We got some Kickstarters in there. We got some book Kickstarters. We got some other Kickstarters and we've got uh, another news article. Um, But I want to start off with a surprise that just got dropped um, one hour ago. Oh, and that is that uh, registration uh, for DMs goes live April 6th for the virtual D&D weekends at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Wait, wait. For no. DMs? I think that's yes. for the players' t- tickets, right? Purchasing tickets is on the 6th? Yes. Our registration went live today. <laughs> today. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. <clears throat> yep, you're right. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. April 6th. <laughs> Again, ignore yes. Zach. <clears throat> yes. That's two. That's two uh, I, well, okay, so in my defense, Dave's statement was, we're getting ready for April virtual D&D weekend with DM registration going live. And then he posted registration opens April 6th. And that's what I saw. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, well, so, hey. this is even uh, more and- appropriate for our audience then, right? You yep. come play with us and you can sign up April 6th at noon. Um, yeah, they're, they're, let's see. They've got a 10-8 premiere. Coming out mm-hmm. in DDVW. They also have added four Six, new candles. Yeah. Four, four new, can- four four new, new candle, candle keeps. keep adventures. Yep. Plus the, the two that were already run mm-hmm. uh, at the last one. Yep. It's, it's going to be a plethora. Dreams of, of Red Wizards 1 and 2, Moon 10 Trilogy, Moon 13 Trilogy, Eberron 11 through Eberron 13. I may try to get in on that because I haven't ran those before. That's the only Eberron that I haven't hit. Is eleven through thirteen, so we'll see. And he's also um, talking about some some new or some more uh, dungeon craft seasonal mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so, nice. and just uh, just throwing it out there for everybody um, that dungeon craft uh, seasonal content. Um, I got to play in some of that this past Sunday. Going to rub it in on John some more. Um, Thanks, buddy. It was uh, Brendan Lewis's uh, Ice Wind Curses. Um, hunger and mm-hmm. it was fantastic i it's had good. a blast it's good uh so yeah that's that i wanted to get up right at the beginning uh go over hit pause on your podcast go sign up if you're listening on april 6th or beyond um sign up then come back and listen to the rest of the episode because uh, tickets here. go fast especially yeah, tickets for the dm of the year yeah oh my god <laughs> what, what is the half-life on this thing that's what i want to know is it is it really going to be six months or am i going to have to go the entire year oh or... probably the entire year oh because and then what's really cool is 
at the next Winter Fantasy when the new DM of the year gets announced, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a whole new year of hmm, has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> yes. I would tell yes. you to to oh. hop on and and get your tickets quickly, uh, but John's kind of fallen off the bandwagon and uh, mm-hmm. kind of lackluster these days. So mm. that's what yeah. it's going to oh, be. Because I mean, true, j- just so you all understand, he's not the DM of this year. Mm-hmm. Last year. Post. Yeah, he's already old news. He was yeah. DM of last year. Yep. That's right. Nowhere to go but down. Nowhere, Nowhere to, go. to go. Down. Well, you're not Resting even up at this laurels. point. Yeah. You're not even up at this point. Like Oh no. I'm down. There's an acknowledgement of past there's an acknowledgement of a past accomplishment, not anything mm-hmm. that's going on currently. Okay. Okay. It's just a yeah. Great. Yeah, has been. Has been. <laughs> has was. Uh yeah. Well, hey. Thanks, guys. Let's, friends. Let's Real jump friends. off. Uh, I see yeah, new, let's jump off, John. I see and, a new T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I see a new T-shirt for uh, John. Oh, man. We uh-huh. need some real swag. Has been uh, DM of the year. Yes, yep. please. I would uh, I would buy that shirt gladly yes. and happily. Yes. Yeah, There's Chris. Chad. John, so 2020. <laughs> hey, hey, John. 2020 uh-huh. calling. They want their DM back. Oh, they should because uh, they got screwed along they with everything screwed. else in 2020. That's actually, you know what? That's the perfect cap for 2020 right there is making me, of all people, the DM of the year. That's really yeah. what it is. Like that really just sealed the deal. You were completely right the year off at this point. <laughs> yep, that's some. I survived 2020 and all I got was John as a DM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Completely and utterly derailed. There you go. That's what yeah. I. That's what I. That's what I bring. That's what I bring here. Is, uh... And then, and then we've got Zach who. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna give Zach a complex. I don't uh, have enough. Uh, if we no. haven't given you one by now, I mean, I don't think Zach's no. gonna get one anytime soon. We're all working on thick our skin, own. Man. Yeah, yeah we're all working on our own complexes. Uh. So right, here, Zach, let's let's move back on. In, let's please. do it. Let's do it. Let's rein it back in. Let's talk about yep. some news. Uh, let's talk about the big news on the table. The biggest news on the table. Big. Uh, Literally big. This week, uh, news dropped that WizKids is dropping their biggest miniature ever, as this should be. Right? Mm-hmm. We all remember what the last one of this creature looked like. The last miniature that was official um, was, I think, seven inches tall. Um. There were some player characters that had taller miniatures than this. <laughs> um, I it think. was an aspect. Yes. An aspect. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. Uh, Tiamat is getting a monstrous megalithic. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to miniature. correct you there, Zach. Uh, it is. I know what it says on the box whenever it comes out, but it is not Tiamat. You mean, t- you mm. mean Takesis, the Dark Queen, <sighs> the Dark Lady. That's what you really mm. mean. Dragonlance I, reference. Bing. Fine. So whatever. Shut up. <clears throat> no, we're gonna we're gonna leave that alone. It is almost seventeen inches tall. Yeah, yeah this thing's massive. Almost three feet long. Twenty nine inches uh, for for folks that aren't American. The, the wings. Forty two point eight centimeters tall. Seventy three point four centimeters long. Yeah. I love I love that in, in the the uh, the images that they pro- uh, provide. That they reference it the size with a Coke can. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah. It's like, hmm. yeah, yeah. You set that sucker uh, on its wingtip. It's almost taller than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to know: Is this coming painted? For four hundred dollars, the for, damn yeah, thing better be for, painted. <laughs> and it, may, it better have like uh, give me a massage, like a free massage at a spa or something like that to, to boot. Now a foot massage or a back rub. It depends on who's doing it. Yeah. I think we've already had this discussion, haven't we? Well, it, Steve, Steve Buscemi is, is giving the shoulder rubs. Quentin Tarantino is uh, doing the foot rub. Nope. And I think uh, Tiamat is the one uh, feeding grapes. Mm. Okay. All right. That's not, all right. That's not where I would have gone with that, but that's fine. Uh, have you all ever had, um, I don't know, I, I was thinking about the, I was looking at the white head of, Tiamat, and I was thinking about feeding grapes. Have you ever eaten uh, grapes that have sat on dry ice? Mm-mm. Like they've 
but frozen grapes. Well, okay, so they're they're frozen, but what happens is that like that like shock frozen, right? Mm-hmm. Just like harsh when you bite into a flash frozen grape, like that sat on dry ice, mm-hmm. you it has that like crisp crunch on the outside, and then it's just this like dry ice vapor that envelops your mouth and like this biting sensation it's the most bizarre thing ever that's what i think tiamat feeding you grapes would taste like yeah depending on which which head is feeding you fair fair yeah yeah such a strange dessert round we have we can't today. we can't get this thing <laughs> reined in at all do you know do you notice that like the news segment usually goes yeah. a lot smoother and today it's just no you know no, we can't have that we're having a good time that's what we that don't is. we don't like to be railroaded mm. that's right oh mm. boy that's a sensitive mm. subject among some <sighs> okay Sure. All right. Well, I'll, okay, I'll take so us who, off this who, as I put who, it on. Who, who <laughs> here wants is going to uh, grab the, uh, the the Tiamat for four hundred? Uh, you know what? I think I might try to grab. I, I've I like this one, but if I'm going to grab a Tiamat, I think I'm going to grab the Reaper Tiamat. Oh. oh. It it looks awesome, and it's like less than a hundred bucks, or it's mm. around a hundred bucks. Yeah, so but it, unpainted though, right? Yeah, but you can paint it yourself. Uh, That'll work. Yeah, I could paint that sucker. Mm-hmm. And it's big. I don't know that it's three feet big, but it's it's big enough. Mm-hmm. So it's I actually bought the I bought the aspect of Tiamat from uh, whenever it first came out, the the smaller one. And it's nice. Where are you gonna put this? Uh, I don't know. That's like a well. It's the, the same question you have to ask yourself about the beholder head, yeah. or what is it? The yeah. uh, the, the dragon head, or the, the dragon, dragon head and stuff like that that goes in different places in people's houses. The only thing I can well, yeah, but you can hang those on the wall. Well, you can't, you know. You know, I hung, I built a stand for my Lego Millennium Falcon and hung it on the wall vertically, right? Um, and uh, when I had a uh, a huge, like, it was like a three-foot-tall TIE fighter. That was a limited run thing. Uh, I hung it from the ceiling, so there you can get creative. But maybe I'll maybe I'll mount it to the hood of my car. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be. Can you imagine shiny and red. chrome? Yes, shiny and chrome. Mm-hmm. That'd be the... That's like a that's a coffee table thing, though, right? That's supposed to be the conversation <laughs> starter. My my my, what do we have here? <laughs> yeah, because that's. <laughs> Just have your invite your friends over. It's like it's no. You would have to make what what you need is to encase it in a coffee table. Yeah. Buy a square glass coffee mm. table and sit it inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. or then you won't have to dust. Make it a again. diorama. Or, right. Thank you. That's where I, that's where I was going with it. Right. They put some of your other minis in a nice. I get your uh, what is it? Your dwarven forge minis out. The the uh, mm. the city and town pack. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Me. Or the hellscape. Yes. Mm, that's a good one, too. Well, I mean, that's appropriate, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Fair enough. Yeah. In other news, <laughs> dead in space. Dead, dead in, in space. space. Uh, I so I, I'm i not sure about this. I'm, I'm sure enough about it that I'm backing it. All right? We'll put mm-hmm. it that way. I think that this is pulling from a lot of different things. Um, okay. It's obviously pulling heavily from Mothership and Alien and things like that, but it also is, oh, John, help me out here, Carpenter Brute. Oh, yeah, Carpenter Brute. Yeah, yeah. there's some of that in here, too, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about some of that. It's one of the guys that made Morkborg is on it. Um, I can feel it. I can feel it just in the artwork alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Just on the cover. And listen to this weird set of, uh, I say weird. Uh, insp- inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey, Alien Blade Runner. Okay, here's where it starts to get weird. A fistful of dollars escaped from New York. Uh, Prospect, Firefly, Moon, Total Recall, yeah. and The Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. Um, it's a weird RPG, sci-fi horror RPG. Um, I think I'm intrigued enough to get it and we'll see how it goes. Um, but right. it's definitely, it feels very reference heavy. So it may be one of those things where you get it. And if you're not willing to kind of have that meta aspect of 
flavor of many things, mm -hmm. um, then that may not be for you. But I kind of like that. So we're going to see how it goes. Okay. Um, my, my stupid American is showing. Um, what is S-E-K? Uh, that is, oh, goodness. Um, Latvia, that area. Okay. Because I saw it's like it was a hundred. I'm like, holy crap! For for the PDF, it's a hundred. Oh, twelve. Sweden. Okay. Sweden. S e k. Swedish. Swedish. Blah blah blah. Okay, I was I I was thinking along those lines, but I you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can get the uh, the hardcover for thirty three bucks uh, plus shipping. It's going to end up being closer to fifty by the time you pay for shipping. Um, also for. 56 bucks plus shipping you can get a sweet sweet um cloth hardcover which i think is actually pretty red cloth bound um anyhow that's that i think you should check it out uh real quick i guess i should say it's got 1300 backers sixty two thousand dollars so far 19 days to go yeah Death i mean space. Mm -hmm. it look it looks fantastic i just with what you said about Mirkberg, I I don't know if I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I mm -hmm. want to take that jump. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, right? Fair enough. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Notice there's no table of contents printed uh, yeah. on this Kickstarter. So when it when it uh, when it comes in, I'll let you know who's gonna who's gonna jump on and uh, have Zach run us through some uh, dead in space. We're all gonna die. I mean, that's yes. I mean, well. Death in space. I mean, that's what it's that's what it's guaranteeing. I hope it, it's it's on the label. It it's doesn't. The I mean, it doesn't okay. matter what the game is called. Zach's running it. Well, oh, the, I, noob, yeah, the noob fair. killer. Yeah, nuclear. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, John. Yes, hero sir. pens. Talk to us about hero pens. Yep. So this is another Kickstarter that is in progress. 20, as of this recording, 29 days left to go. Um, mm. They're doing pretty well with their kicks, their uh, their pledge count. They've got a $5,000 goal. <clears throat> um, pretty good chance of get, hitting it. They're about halfway there at this point in the first day. <clears throat> the basic premise is you're sitting at the table and uh, with your, the other players, and you take one of the players takes a hit, a pretty sizable hit. And the cleric wants to know how bad it is. So it's either roll a medicine check to find out how many hit points they have left or not necessarily hit points. Right. So that's like where the meta part comes in. This is <clears throat> traditionally mm -hmm. players could say how many hit points they've got left or the DM could indicate, you know, take it from a fourth editionism and do bloodied versus not bloodied or dead. Right. Uh, or what the hero pin is, is a one and a half to two inch, um, in diameter, uh, circular pen with mm. one of the like with the uh for those that are listening and not able to see check it out in the show notes check out the link but there's a dial and there's an open face in the dial that reveals um beneath it an enamel coloring that's either green yellow red or black with a skull over it and so the print the idea is uh you can pin this to your shoulder or your uh, your shirt coat lapel hat whatever and so while you're playing, as you hit a quarter hit points down, half your hit points down, or dead, or whatever indicator you want to, you all want to agree on, instead of stopping play, slowing down play, metagaming and saying point values or whatever, because your players would, your characters would be able to see one another and see someone take a really nasty hit and kind of have an idea of how, about how, how bad off they are, how close to death they are. So you use that, turn your dial to whatever that the associated color would be, and you have like a, a quick look at uh, an indication about how, how much uh, damage the, the character has taken. Um, so well, right now the pledge is uh, 25 bucks for a pin. I think that's the only, that's the hard yeah. sell on this. It's like a, is a one and a half inch wide pin. Neat, cool idea. It's kind of a niche thing. It's the only thing I'd be worried about. I, I like the idea or I wouldn't be bringing it up, but I... Um, Twenty five bucks is pretty steep. It's gonna be that's gonna be a hard sell. Well, um, and think about yeah, like buying it for all your players, right? I think that's the right. big ask. You get you get it. Right. This ninety. Oh, you could have, but it's all gone. 
$95. Right? Right. But that's only for four. That was only for Mm -hmm. four. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're still pretty much Well, you pick your four people, your four favorite people, right, at the table. If you're buying it, you say, you're the four that I want to live. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Who are my favorites? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. it's a little bit bigger than that, actually. It's it is they they have a pretty good. Uh, it's one and three quarters of an inch wide, um, which is about a little bit smaller than the average diameter of a coffee cup mouth. Right. Uh, I mean, it's neat. It is neat. I think it's a I think it's a cool idea. I think they may have to go back and and figure out how they can reduce um, some of the manufacturing costs in order to make it a little bit more accessible to people. And it's actually not pins. I, I stand corrected. Not pins. They're actually uh, magnets. There's a magnetic back uh, that you can use, and there is also a pin pin use. Uh, so you can use either or if you don't want to mess up your threads on your bag mm. or hat or whatever. Pretty neat. I mean, at the very I least, I like seeing this kind of stuff out there, thinking outside mm-hmm. of the box again. You know, seeing a need, filling a need, even if it's something that's mm-hmm. not going to be for everybody. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, they, they look they look great. I mean, the 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 artwork on the pin is is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. If they get high enough, if they if they hit some stretch goals, you're going to get some different artwork on the front too, mm-hmm. like for different classes and whatnot. So that's, I mean, it's neat. I would probably I'd always forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would just have it. Well, that I. I always DM, so it's not like I would. Right. How close is the DM to dying? Yeah. I think, have to, I think my I'd players have would have just a bunch of I want one. I want one, and that indicates how hungry I am, how thirsty I am. And then, like, they can, if they want inspiration and they want to hook me up with a snack or a drink or something like that and not break the story or break the, the flow of the game, right? Like, how, or how hangry is the DM? Not a terrible indicator. Okay, right, well, because... this is, yeah, this is by Gaming Honors. So, Gaming Honors, I mean, I'm sure you're listening out there because everybody does. Um, you need to make a a Game Master pin. Mm. And, yes, a couple of them. You could, you could have the Hangry and Thirsty pin, mm-hmm. and then you could have, you're pissing me off, mm. I'm going to TPK you. Hmm. And you know, the closer you get to that death's head, the group knows we gotta we gotta cool our stuff, or or we're we're gonzo. That's right. Yeah. I tell you what, actually, I'm sitting here thinking about it. And jokes aside, another thing you could use this for is a safety tool. You could. You could you use it as well a safety could. tool instead of cards. I mean, twenty five bucks. You could just use like a, a deck of um, of uh, like uh, cue cards. cards. Post-it notes or anything yeah. like that too, but I mean it's neat, right? As an indicator, of, like checking the temperature of your ta- your players, mm-hmm. see how they're doing mm-hmm. and how they're feeling. Let's There's talk. a lot of different uses for this, I think, other than just your hit point status. Right. Maybe what they could do <laughs> is a piece of paper and a pencil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if they had an, a way of taking the cap you're, off you're, of it, I'm in your side, Kirk. Yep, absolutely. You're so, you're so 1985, Kirk. Or have, a, have it to where you could take the cap off of it and you could replace whatever it is, that, that colorant that's on the bottom or underneath in the, mm-hmm. let's, in, in the middle of the sandwich. Replace it with something else. That'd be pretty neat, too. Yeah. Yep. You could replace it with uh, hit points and you could have a hit point. Counter. You could do that, Counter. couldn't you? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's my that's my news. That... Or even a life, a life <laughs> thing for like magic. Right? Yeah. How much magic do I have left? Not much. All right, legendary. Troy, save us, please. Okay, I'll do my best. Um, yes, yeah. It, what I have is legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Dairy. Uh, I, uh, I believe I talked about this a few months ago. Legendary Kingdoms Crown and Tower. It is mm-hmm. a choose-your-own-adventure style solo campaign. Um. 12 hours of of gameplay, all that kind of good stuff. Um, it is live on Kickstarter right mm. now. Um, it's got 15 days left to go as of this recording, and they are 
way beyond funded. That's that one's nuts. Yeah. Uh, they were asking uh, less than three thousand dollars, and right now they're setting it almost almost two hundred thousand. Oh wow! Um, the book that would also be horrifying as a creator. Like if you if you ex- you were like looking for maybe like five to ten thousand dollars, and then it explodes. You're sitting there thinking to yourself, how in the hell am I going to fulfill all of this? Mm. Or you Very push quickly, the envelope. That's how you're going to do it. Yes. Or you push the envelope, right? And you bite off more than you can chew. Get to the end of it. And then you just have this protracted process of trying to get all the fulfillment. And it's just more than you can more than you can manage. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on, on the stretch goals. But, I mean, uh, sure. it's got 12 hours of gameplay per book. Um, and it's it's a sandbox, so it's not like those old choose your own adventure books that we had when we were kids. Those game books, or, or what was it, Lone Wolf? Was that that was one of them too? Lone the fighting, Wolf, oh yes, the fighting oh, fantasy so books good. and stuff that had yep. more like a game aspect to it. But this isn't this is an open open sandbox world. Um, I am man, I really like this idea. This is number two, actually. Um, the uh, first one is already out, um, and that was the Valley of Bones, and you can pick mm-hmm. both of them up for uh, forty-eight bucks on this Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the artwork—the artwork looks great. The book looks looks fantastic. Looks like you know something that would fit right there by beside your D and D books. So check that out, especially if you, uh, you know, you don't always have a group to game with or whatever try one of these deals i i used to spend hours doing those choose your own adventure and fighting fantasy books so that's that's for that because i already talked about this a while back um and then i found this today uh legendary adventures epic D D for 5e um it is by one of the let's see what was he again Mike Myler. Mike Myler. Yeah, he's uh he's a editor for e- Ian Insider. So uh you know, mm-hmm. he's been around quite a bit. He's created 10 other uh kickstarters. This is taking D&D 5th edition to 30th level. Um mm. way beyond epic play. So mm. um spells, subclasses, uh uh Class support for all the main classes, um, monsters, treasure, all this stuff. Uh, it's 128 pages, possibly more as the uh, the Kickstarter goes on. Um, there's 22 days left as of this recording, and again, way beyond funded. He was asking for a measly $500. Mm-hmm. He's at over 8,000. Hmm. Oh wow! <clears throat> so, artwork mm-hmm. artwork looks pretty good. Um, if you if you like the uh, the epic, high end, holy crap, what's going on right now type of gameplay, um, this looks like it, it might be able to scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks rather interesting. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's made in conjunction with legendary games, which do a lot of Kickstarter. So it should be something that's fulfilled. And he's done, Mike Miley looks like he's done a number of Kickstarters in Mm -hmm. the past. So I don't think we're in any, uh, danger of falling behind here, even though it does look like, uh, it's one guy presenting it, but it's, it's a team behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay, anything else we need to talk about, fellas, or should we dive into our main course? Other than uh, other than hoping people, you know, come out to check us out at the virtual D&D weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, one's coming up here real yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, if you're listening to, the, to this after the April weekend happens, never fear. There's going to be one a month for at least the rest of this year and i'm pretty yep. sure i'm pretty sure going forward we'll still have these even into and let's not forget in-person play is uh it might be a thing it may we may actually get 
our hearts wish and see Gen Con origins, etc., etc. Yes, that actually happened. Yeah, I'm not to mention Gen Con and origins in the same month. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. Goodness, plus a virtual D and D weekend. It's not a virtual D and D weekend. It's actually going to be D and D celebration. Mm-hmm. So that that's gonna be yeah, all of that in one month. So. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Any mortal words of Samuel L. Jackson? Hang on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, hang on to your butts. Let's dive into our main course. All right. So uh, let's do a quick recap of last week. Pretty brief talked about strongholds and uh, focused a little bit on the pits, pitfalls and perils. Is it something you would want to do, not want to do? So maybe some anecdotes about times where it worked out and where it didn't. Uh, this week, I'm, I'm hoping we can kind of, we can do our part two and we talk a little bit about, you've made the decision to incorporate a stronghold, keep, castle, tower, whatever that fixture is for your players uh, into it, or your, your players have dive down that uh, that rabbit hole something they're interested in and now you're ready to execute on it and put it into the campaign so the question is the first one that i would i'll throw out there is what resources do you look at for something like that because there's a little bit here and there smattered in the dmg there's some other third party um supplements that are out there there's one in particular that comes to mind immediately when i think of strongholds but i don't want to uh i don't want to steal Saint. that thunder patron yeah. saint all hell coval um Outside of that one, the obvious one, which we are going to talk about, are there any others that you've utilized in the past to uh, to build out? We can even go into any addition, really, if we need to. Because uh, sometimes you kind of dip back and go old school and find some really, really good stuff in there for this, uh, that, uh, that you can reuse. Uh, we'll start with who, who wants to start first on it with the, uh, the um, what resource you use or something like that. I'm going to be really short because... I haven't used a lot, but salvage bases and missions for Eberron oh, is yeah. good another one to point towards. Um, as far as like actual resources for this sort of thing, that may be it for me. Mm-hmm. Strongholds and followers, salvage bases and missions. That's a good one, though. A really, really good one. Because, and it's something I didn't even think about. It's not necessarily... It's not a one specific um, edifice building or otherwise it could be a complex right mm-hmm. cave complex dungeon complex or something like that that's a really good one what it could be the whole town um oh that's actually that's well there's a good argument for that too right maybe do mm-hmm. we let's 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 talk about our resources first and i'm, I'm gonna kind of i'm gonna jump back yeah. to that then that's a that's a good point troy what do you use or have you used in the past uh same salvage bases and miss- missions um strongholds followers um, also, to a lesser extent, you know, going all the way back to something like Birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that was a you know an entire nation, a way to build your mm-hmm. nation, but you could narrow that uh, that rule set down um, to be more focused on like you know guilds or enti- you know different entities like that that you could run. Um, or I don't use anything. I've I've just kind of let it kind of just roll, and uh, you know the players want naturally. Yeah, players mm-hmm. want to redo uh, Tresendar Manor. Okay, well, what do you want to do? Um, well, we want to fix it up and do this. Okay, well, open a B and B. Yeah, mm-hmm. make it. We're gonna make it a the D and D B and B. D and D B and B, which is still something I would love to do in real life. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, you know, do you want to put it back to the way it used to be? It's going to cost you a lot of gold. Well, we want to, mm-hmm. you know, we want to add these things. Okay, cool. It's going to cost you this much. Now I got to go out. We got to go out and adventure to make more money to come back and add more to it and just kind of do it that way. Because um, hmm. it, de- it depends on how much the players want it to be a living, okay. breathing thing. Right. Well, I mean, we. I- Player engagement in it is going to dictate how much, I would hope at least, you, how much time you want to invest into 
how much crunch there is that's in it or do you want to make it this more of like a nebulous thing like if this is the 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 lodge a hunting lodge that you have in the the city or outside of the city and then it's like whatever you think it is the prototypical one yeah good enough right you don't have to flesh it out with every minute detail that's in there unless it's something that the, the players are really looking for you know you you say that i i now really want to run a campaign that's entire premise it starts off with you have a stronghold mm. and every adventure is about earning gold for that stronghold and repercussions that come from that stronghold. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's just the, the central pillar as opposed to something that we tack on halfway through when you're fifth level and have the gold for it. Right. Well, they did something like, well, we did that actually back in Pith, whenever Pathfinder first came out a couple, like a year or two in there was King Kingmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that's actually one of the resources that I use just from like a regional build perspective, not necessarily a single unit perspective. So there's a couple of things that I pruned out of there that I liked and the cannibalized and other campaigns. But a lot of the, the other materials that I use are castles and keeps, which is, it's not even a game. Uh, it's not even like a game module or anything like that. It's, it's actual historical documentation on how castles and keeps operated and um, how they, how were they were built, how long they took to build, mm-hmm. which how long, these these things take to build years and years and literally at the end of a king's life is whenever he can actually move into the castle a lot of the times because these things were so complicated and there was only so much money to put to throw into it and the bones and blood of only so many peasants to grind up and put end up put into the mortar of the, of these things right so over time so um, but we don't want to communicate between... that in a game right like that's no. kind of staying on topic right like there's right. no there's no way in hell that I would. I would introduce a stronghold and say, well, when you reach 19th level, it'll be done. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I right. think I'm more, I'm talking about like, the, I'm talking more along the lines of like operational, right? Like, uh, like the actual day-to-day operation of a castle things they're going, because then you were talking about more of a, about immersion and making the castle a character or the stronghold, a character, which I think is an important thing. Um, if it's got some little eccentricities here and there, like, poltergeist style where it was built over a burial site over xyz and there's like one section of the castle that's haunted and like this thing is brand new how the hell did this happen well there was a cave full of goblins and you caved them in whenever you were building this thing out they all suffocated and now they hate you and so that one tower over there nobody goes into that tower no matter how fancy it was right stall stall two always backs up Mm -hmm. right exactly exactly um so for me it's um I've used a lot of different resources just like to understand, like one of the, the concepts that I really liked uh, whenever I first heard about it was the Mott and Bailey um, yep. the concept. Mott and Bailey's are cool. Really cool. For those that don't know what a Mott and Bailey is, uh, it's like a mound of dirt and gravel and rock that is maybe like 50 to a hundred feet tall. And then on top of it, you got the a keep. And then there's a, um, there's a wall around that. And then there's, and then it leads down to, uh, a city and the city has a wall around it. So whenever the city is under siege or under attack, then the peasantry will uh, recede up and into the the uh, the Bailey. It's pretty mm. cool. Check it out, Mountain Bailey. So uh, there's some really cool uh, mm. images and stuff like that. Adding just some immersion realism to your to your games. If you want to make yeah, it a little bigger, actually, there's one in uh, Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. Nightstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nightstone's pretty cool. Mountain Interesting. Bailey. All right. Um, so okay. So the, the, we talked a little bit about like about what our resources are. Troy, you, you you touched on something I think that's really important though. Your the whole concept around the strong what what is like what itch does it scratch right? The stronghold scratch something that you can build up. It's almost like that Sim City. It's um, no thing. It's, right? it's the Batcave. No? Bat Everybody cave? wants the like Batcave. Everybody right wants the, the Fortress of Solitude or the the Justice League headquarters. And yeah, I just watched the, that horrible travesty of the four hours Snyder cut. I haven't seen it yet. Justice League thing. Fingers still crossed. I'm hoping that you just have really terrible taste in DC movies. Well, Well, we know that. I'm friends with you two, so yeah, I've got horrible (laughs) taste. I mean, but but that movie was just hot garbage. Um, Mm. Anyway, but yeah, you want want that, uh, you know, Stark Tower, Avengers Avengers Mansion, all that, you know, X-Men school for I mean, well, some people do. I don't know. It, but that's that's what it is. You have that. Here's where I. Here's where we live. Here's where we train. Here's where we do our thing. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think, mm. it, you know, a lot of it, I don't really think it's, I want to get into the minutia of, like you were saying, the day-to-day operations of a castle mm. and, well, the castle is this big, I need this many people to, you know, work in it and do this and it will hold this many guards. Some no, people, I, that's their juice, man. It, like it from, might be. Like, but, as you a know. player, I, 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 can, I can see it, right? They... I guess part of it too is not necessarily like you say bat cave. I think that's a really good analogy or, or, or that's a good one, right? The good one that we can kind of glom onto. The bat cave needs an Alfred, right? So yeah. There's like a Castellan of the of the keep, somebody that's like the steward of the keep that's your, yeah. your and, go-to and person. Alfred. I don't and? I don't I don't need to have a list of like we need 37 you know mm-hmm. butler/maids whatever and we need X number of guards. You know, it's like, for me, it's like, no, you have a place for, you, you hired guards and stuff. Awesome. Mm-hmm. How many do you have? About this many. Because when is that going to come into play? Mm-hmm. Depends. Am I ever going to attack their castle or keep or whatever? And if I do, I don't need exact numbers. I just need to know, you know what the guard the captain's name is. You know That number is going to fluctuate. Is. Yeah, right? like in, in the course of day to day, like how many people are in this keep? Maybe thirty. I'm Maybe just wiping 30, out red shirts on the day. to get your attention. You know, right? Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, they're 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 killing all the guards now. Alfred is in danger. Mm. Now I'm crapping my pants. You know that kind of thing. So, it's yeah, me. Some, I, I, some people get I, into the minutia of it all. That's that's not for me. I I don't need all of that. And if if my players do, that's going to be one of those things where it's okay. You can do that over there, and you can kind of put it. You can give it to me later, and I'll look at mm-hmm. it. But I'm not going to sit back and figure all that stuff out. Right. Well, I've I'm coming from the experience of actually doing something similar to that. Right. Whenever we go back to the first couple of episodes, going back to Edgar and the 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 land that was set out for everybody, the plot of land that was given to them and then the castle and keep that they had and stuff like that. For me, I had to flat flesh out the staff, not necessarily the, every single person had a name, every face that you saw, quote unquote, every NPC had, had something, but there had to be enough there to where if I was going to use the castle as a care, the keep as a character or the castle as a character, mm-hmm. that there were people inside that they cared about. Right. They didn't want to get mm-hmm. attacked or to have it raised to the ground. And honestly, as a DM use that as a, a point of tension, or they could lose somebody that's in there that's important to them. Um, take take some of them with them on adventures. Um, use them for uh, gathering information. So that's kind of like the thing for me. It's like whenever you mentioned towns or villages, almost in the same manner as just a, a castle keep. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right? You've got like it a is. hometown, Fandolin from Lost Mine and Fandelver, where you can use it as a a spiral point. Right? It's like yep. the hub. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I, like you know, I don't like I said I don't I don't you don't need to map out everybody that's in that keep it's uh you know the 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 players or the characters are walking through to do something um uh that guard over there what's his name Mm -hmm. uh now you come up with a name uh you come here do this and then they report back and now you're kind of building a relationship you can even do this like oh they just got hired you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh build relationships that way i don't need i'm not going to sit there and map it all out because then if they if the characters never interact with any of that stuff at that detail, I've spent all that time doing something that doesn't get used. But if I just have mm-hmm. the the main people, the Alfred, the captain, the 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 head cook, all that stuff, mm-hmm. then I can riff on everything else. That's mm-hmm. it and that's kinda of what I'm getting at, right? It's like the different and that's where I was getting at too with like the day to day operations, not necessarily the minutia of it, right? But the immersion of knowing what a castle would smell like, sound like, what kind of work is being done whenever you first walk in. It's just like it's kind of like to set the scene and then, um, to your point, the captain of the guard, the the head, uh, like the a, a scullery maid or something like that. Something that's, you know, just a couple key features and, and NPCs that you can use later on down the line. And then what I've what we also did, too, is they would go out on adventures. They would save people. They would do the hero thing. And then the village had been burned to the ground, right? Well, the mm-hmm. people needed a place to go, so they had a place that they could go back to the work. They could make sure that people were safe, right? And they would flesh out NPCs from there. There'd be like a head person in that town or like a contact that was in the town that would then be adopted into 
the and almost almost like a bookmark mm-hmm. the or the the keep was used as a bookmark for those different npcs you can go back to them over and over again and build off of it hmm i like i like the idea of us of of these places um i'm a noodle player I, mm-hmm. I don't mind not being that as a DM. I like the freedom of not having to be noodly, like Troy said. But as mm-hmm. a player, that's that's where the juice comes for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care at all about a stronghold that doesn't do anything. So for me, it comes down to what is the mechanics of it? What can I get out of it, right? Like, is there, like, like sometimes what I write into my adventures or when it, my mechanics is like, you need a well-equipped lab, to make use of this, right? As an example, mm. an alchemy station, right? You can't just do this with an alchemy kit. You have to actually have workstation. So saying you have this here, you have a library, blah, blah, blah. You can make, you can make spells at half the cost when you're mm. in your keep, right? Um, right? Or you can, you know, you can make potions that cost a quarter of the cost. Just mechanical benefits like that Mm-hmm. Um, I know like in um, in uh, salvage bases, like you can have a stable and so you can always have a horse at a very, very cheap cost if you mm-hmm. want, if you need steed, yeah. right? Like those are the things that get me excited because as a player and as a DM, I realize that we're not going to raid that castle a lot and the core of D&D is about adventuring, Right. So it's really going to be a lot of the players going out and not spending a ton of time in the castle. You know, Batman mm-hmm. is in the Batcave with some regularity, but his adventures happen elsewhere nine times out of ten. Yep, right. And so I like the idea of what can this place give me that I can put to use in the adventure. Right. Um, and but and to your point, is, it's, it's situational, right? Yeah. And to your yeah. point, it's situational. Yeah, it's situational, and it it really depends upon. It's almost like it's, it's used as a plot device, or part, it's it is part of the the plot device. Well, yeah, because yeah, I mean, right. Batman so, has to have a place to store his Batmobile. He has and to his have eighteen a place. his eighteen suits, his eighteen mm-hmm. suits, and, and the big and his penny gallery. So, yeah, you know, the big the, penny, the 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 T Rex, yeah, the yeah, T Rex, the, yeah. the big penny that I still don't understand why he has the big penny. It's from it's an early adventure, you. right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's but I don't, yeah. I don't know that I ever dug deep enough to find out why he has a big. Penny. If you don't understand that Batman is super nostalgic as, as a core component of his character, oh, <laughs> oh whole yeah. episode. I just don't know. I just don't know why he has a big penny. I don't know where it came from. Why do we all have That's big pennies? For, yeah. for, I I we'll have to leave that one for another episode. I don't have yeah, a big penny. Yeah. Well, but that's that's actually. But you make a good point too, though, right? What about trophies? Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A place where you like you go in and you've got like the hall of glory where you're all of your now the th- like the heads of the dra- the head of the dragon that you slew you that I see for John that is a John thing, not a Zach thing, not a Troy thing because oh. I can't describe that enough to, for my players to care oh, because okay, in their mind. But you would go and you would draw up a trophy room and you would like mm-hmm. Photoshop heads onto the walls of all the things and you'd be like, I look here. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know about that. And that would be see, awesome could... if they could like click on that as a handout and be like, there's a trophy room with like, <laughs> tell me you yeah. wouldn't do that. You you would have it uh, so that when, l- just like that tool that. that you showed us for the last adventure, you'd have it to where you, you walk into the trophy room. Oh, when you walk into the trophy room, it triggers this handout that pops up that I shows you all. The... Like the, oh, yeah. Okay. So what Zach, the, Zach the is talking up. about is I made an interactive map to where you yeah. click on the, the icon of a, of a, uh, a city or town. Click on it, and then a button would show up in Roll Twenty. You'd click that, and it would give you map intel. It would give you like a little blurb down in the chat box. It would say, hey, "This yeah. town is da 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 da," and you would say, "It was a click here," and then it, a picture of the town would show up, and a bunch of stats yeah. about the town and all that stuff. So I used it as a like just as much for you guys as for myself too, as a way well, of journaling where you'd been and all that. Good I know, stuff. but I'm just saying like like. From my party, they may say they want to collect trophies and that they have a trophy room, but they are never actually going to be like, oh, let's go into the trophy room and remember oh, trophies. That's, true. that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. But but if there was a handout that they could click, they could walk into the room and click the button and it would like bloop, pull up at all and they'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Oh, John added a new trophy here. Well, let's go look at it, right? Like, oh, we killed that dragon. I bet John's got it up in our room. That mm-hmm. would, they would be all and over. And they're like... Where's our dragon, man? Like, man, I've had a really busy week this week. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, the, the downside of that is that means you have to put them on that map. Mm-hmm. 
on a, mm-hmm. on the regular. Well, like or they could a, just that's, make it a handout that's, that's in their drop down that's in their like castle yeah. castle folder. Castle you just folder. click yeah. down like oh trophy you're gonna click. Trophies. Yeah. Um, yeah, Batman Batman doesn't have trophies like what D and D players do. Otherwise, you know. The head of the Joker. Yeah, the Joker's head, you know, the penguin. They've got other stuff like that, too, though. The sword of the enemy that they slew in noble battle or a necklace the of broken ears. wand of necklace of ears. <laughs> necklace of yeah, ears. certainly. Every certainly player's those. first trophy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yours wasn't? Yeah. But I, I can see, like, I, I, well, maybe it's it's personal, right? So that goes back, like, we're gonna, I'm going to circle back, right? Is that it cannot be about what you, only you like and what your juice is as like you can't pr- kind of like project that onto your players. It's something that has to kind of like be an organic contract that's developed between you and them about. Yeah. All right, look, I I really like the stronghold idea. I, I like trophy room, bat cave, yada yada. I like to you know flesh this out, and then what you do is you breadcrumb it out to the players and see whether or not it's something that they like. So before you invest a lot of time into it, this is like that's everything though, right? Yeah. What do they really like? Do they like investigation? Let me give them a little bit of a mystery and see which direction they go in. Nope, they don't like that. Okay, uh, murder hobo time. Let's see what happens. Yep, they really dig that. Okay, let's go down, <laughs> go down that that route for a little bit. So it really boils down to like what your players are into, what you're into, and trying to come up with some kind of a homogenous an agreement between the the two groups on how the the campaign unfolds. So let me ask you this: where we've all talked about rhyme of the frost Maiden, and i know john that you mm-hmm. are you're actually doing this right mm-hmm. but let's let's set a scenario uh if you were going to not not like if you were going to organically introduce the idea of a stronghold in mm-hmm. in that adventure how would you do it now i i know how you'll do it so maybe you should take point but yeah. um cuz i think that that's maybe useful in in and of itself like how do you insert this idea in a natural way and i know i'd have a different answer than you so sure uh i would not have it be something that they bought be rather be something that they either conquered cleared or discovered to find a ruin Mm -hmm. that they could that is almost there or it would just take a little bit of investment and some time to put to put into it to build it up or it would be something that they cleared out bad guys came in no one else has it it's out in the middle of nowhere, Ice Reach and Dragonlance. There's like the 10 towns are really like an anomaly. Don't really exist mm-hmm. and shouldn't kind of exist. And I made them exist in Dragonlance because there's nothing in Ice Reach. Nothing mm-hmm. except for walrus men, white dragons, and the occasional furred human running around here and there. Right? It's pretty much all, all that's out there. So um, to me, it would be about uncovering some ancient site or something like that or a dungeon and then clearing it out and then going from there which is effectively what my my players ended up doing yeah i think uh, i think there's two other than the place that you talked about which i think is maybe i could almost argue is too big not necessarily but i think that would be my first near jerk reaction that's a big place um but there's two places that i think come to mind Mm -hmm. um that i think would be really interesting the first is there is something called a lost spire. And if you've played mm-hmm. the adventure, you know what it is. Um, yep. But it's basically a ruined tower. Um, I think that's perfect. In my own opinion, I think a ruined tower is the perfect size to introduce, to just throw out a ruined tower. No one owns. No one's laid claim mm-hmm. to. It's infested with something. It's part of the adventure to go clear it. And then if your party bites on it, and if they're like, well, what... Let, let's let's hold up here for a while. Let's, can we sure. lay claim to this? That's a great segue, and you don't have to be pushing on it. The other one is um, care to evolve. Um, mm-hmm. yep. With the care, if you help a part a, a group of NPCs defend a location, right, a keep, a castle, or whatever, and in the heat of battle, in the in that in that momentous event the leadership falls of that place. Mm-hmm. They can turn to the party and say, we need help, right? Mm-hmm. And then the party can choose whether or not they want to help them or how they want to help them. And right. if my party would have offered to help the care, right? Like that's a, that's a decent little fort um, that I think would be a perfect little salvage, uh, uh, stronghold. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about finding, I think, not like, because I've tried it the other way too, where I'm like, Oh, you guys are interested in a stronghold? Well, here, let me show you some 
let me let me toss out some ideas of what that could be like. Right. And it didn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. But I like it when the story kind of leads you there. Yeah. And op- and it kind of like sets it up as a, it's, it's like when the shopkeeper, right? It's like when the shopkeeper, when you go in and you're buying your stuff and he says, oh, you're adventurers. Perhaps you'd be interested in this. And they like set the box out from behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, it's the um, in this case, you know, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. The one that yeah. they ended up taking over. Uh, you're right. It is pretty big. I, but uh, what you, the one you're thinking of, and I don't, Troy doesn't know what we're probably talking about, but Troy knows about Curl. Right? Guess who's going to show up? And who's gonna be, who's gonna help them and be their Castellan, effectively? Nice. He's gonna be that's he's the he's gonna be he's, he'll be the Alfred, right? Will be Curl, like the character that was like a throwaway character in an Adventurers League mm. module that no one gave a crap about, but that was like I, I loved that character. They're gonna they're gonna fall in love with him, and we'll we'll kind of get there, <laughs> or he'll die. Who knows, right? Either or way. both, both. That's really the best both? of both worlds. They'll love him, and then I'll kill him. I mean, he'll die. It'll. <laughs> then I, will I won't do it on purpose. Mm. Of course not. I'm not that. I'm not that mean. No, if John uh, wrote a Batman comic, ba- Alfred would die in the first three pages. Oh God, yes, yes. Like, do you like him? Good. That's a source. Everybody of pain. likes Alfred. That's that is a source of pain. It's a source. That's a source of pain. Let me use that. Yeah. Let me use that for the for the drama. So good. Yeah. Twist the knife. Thank you. Yes, exactly. No, I I uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I threw that out to them last week, and they've kind of like they've you know waffled around here a little bit here and a little bit there about what they would do with it i think maybe that's part of it too it's to your point it's really big so if i make it something that they can go back to that they're safe in like no one else nowhere else is hospitable welcoming friendly or safe where they're in the region that they're in so they may have Mm -hmm. they'll probably end up having to create their own spot to do that in so we'll see we'll see if they bite on that or not they may not who knows yes I feel like we've at least touched on this. Uh, we've we've tried to cover strongholds. Is there something that we're fundamentally missing from this discussion? John? Yeah, so I thought about that too. We've talked a lot about strongholds, keeps, castles, and fortified defensive positions. We talked a little about villages, towns, and things like that. But I mean, what about businesses and uh, the, like what they could be like a tavern that they own and not necessarily operate, but that they go back to. And they create like it has a very minimal source of revenue or income to them. So, you, so whenever mm. they go out and they fight monsters that normally wouldn't have a lot of loot on them, they could still get some of that fill by their by the uh, the business that's running on the back end. So, so we've gone from Avengers Tower mm-hmm. to the shawarma shop at the end yes, of the yeah. Avengers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not yep, bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I mean, I had a player a player of mine that wanted to wanted to do that. They wanted to they wanted to start their own tavern. They I helped them come up with a couple of NPCs that kind of filled it out, and then I burned it to the ground. So uh, it, was, it was great. I had a character, and I still hear about it. I had a character in uh, uh, what, what, what was it? Uh, Rise of Tiamat, Horde of the Dragon Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, created a a a beer empire. Oh, oh all, cool. all because of that the time that you're you're tra- uh, you guys have ran it or played it mm-hmm. or yeah so you know the time when when you're on the caravan mm-hmm. trekking through uh it was my character was a halfling and he was hired to uh protect or drive it, he was to to drive the cart of uh there was a guy that would would sell ale mm-hmm. and the ale was horrible and he was always drunk. Mm. And the, the, the DM at the time was like, you know, he, he's got this really cool keg apparatus that you put on your back and you've got the little spigot and he's got like all the mugs for, on a belt that you yes. walk around and you, mm-hmm. you pump the thing yep. and you, and you pour the beer and he would get so drunk. <laughs> like an ant, like a pesticide spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like a pesticide spray. You could use it for pesticide. The beer was so bad. But so I would take it and I would walk around the carts, and that's how I would gather information as to mm. who else was in the caravan. I'd, I'd pour beer and, and pass them out and make money. And the next day he would wake up and see all this money that he had made 
from selling his shitty beer and be like, oh, man, I'm good. This is great. <laughs> and so he started drinking more. Um, one of the carts, and I don't, I don't remember if this was canon or not, but one of the carts had a, had a dwarf um, proprietess, and she was a, a perfumer. Mm-hmm. And so I struck up a conversation with her and started using some of the natural ingredients from her uh, perfume business and started putting it in the ale to make make it taste better. And so people started buying more of it. And so I struck up a side business with her, found out he was actually from a rich family and was just a piece of crap son. And this is what they made him do. So through it all, all through this campaign, I'm making connections everywhere we go. And I basically built Anheuser-Busch in uh, Feyrude. <laughs> it was awesome. I t- the, the, the way station heading up to Neverwinter, that roadside place. Mm-hmm. Yep. We cleared that out. I took that over. That's my mm. beer empire's headquarters. That's cool. Yeah, oh. I, like that. I like that stuff though. That's really that boils down to as a player whether you like to build something outside of just your character though, right? Yeah. That kind of goes yeah. to what Zach was talking about about the noodly bits versus, and then the DM that's willing to help you with kind of the administration, administrative mm-hmm. stuff of it, the logging, record keeping about what's what and where's where. I really like um, Ack Inc. Not the main show, but the C team, C team streaming. Yeah, it mm-hmm. starts the that series starts with them in red larch uh at the uh drawn and courtier um yeah learning how to operate a tavern helping during a, a busy peak season right and the ins and outs of of tavern day to day um tavern inn um and it's really cool so cool in fact that i took pieces of that and ran it for my home crew when they went to red larch and it worked just as good. Like they didn't have ownership, but they connected with the tavern keep and it was during a festival. So they hired them on for a day to help with it. And it was great. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's like, if you're looking for an example of how to do it with like a couple great NPCs, like Troy mentioned, and you know, a place to make coin in unique ways, right? Like give something for all your party to do. Cause there could be bartenders, there could be cooks, there can be people, you know, hosts that are bouncing around the place. You know, your bard has something to do. Taverns, inns, things like that are great for like letting your party shine as a whole outside of combat. I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Um, Hmm. Yeah, we well, I actually like the idea of a business too, right? It's not something you're having to defend necessarily from uh, from uh, siege engines, catapults, plague, and things like that. But maybe it's, you can also use it as a plot device, especially in earlier levels in particular, where you've got somebody horning in on your business mm-hmm. that comes in, like a rival brewing company that comes in and poisons your beer or you know sets part of it ablaze, and you've, now you've got yeah. like this Godfather style. Feuds, uh, or you're having to deal with organized tr- crime trying to come in and muscle you out, or, or uh, mm-hmm. ha- uh, uh, forcing you to pay protection money to, like, yep. if you're in a larger city in particular, right? Yeah, there's a lot that's there. A lot yeah. that's there. Uh, that actually seems like something that would be a good going back to Batman now, right? Where you can really, you could make a street level Daredevil slash Batman type event, like superhero adventure in a, in Waterdeep or Sharn. Or some of the one like Palanthus, like borrowing from the other other fantasy uh, cities and stuff like that out there that are like that. I but that's another. That's, that's we'll another talk about. I think that's another. That's another. Uh, yeah, I think that's another podcast all in an, on, on its own though. Well, I was gonna say yeah. I sometime we'll have to chat because I could tell the story of my Batman and Forgotten Realms campaign here. Mm-hmm. So because yeah, I it's it's a great idea and I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. I think I, mean, I, th- I think we're sitting pretty. Yeah, good. I was about to say. I think we kind of ran that that well dry. Um, I'd love to hear from from our listeners out there if they've got a 
an example of what went right or what went wrong, what they kind of like what they look for. Anybody that's out there right now that's listening or um, listening live or even later on down the line, catch us on social media. I'd be interested to hear what the, the players have to say on it. Because as a DM, you kind of get your own perspective and you get tunnel vision mm-hmm. on what's what uh, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, but I'd like to see if it if how many of our players have either uh, bitten the bait or taken the bait of going into a stronghold business or uh, or otherwise or even the salvage mission stuff that's something that should be mm-hmm. more readily accessible to a lot of other people because it's it's out there being actively utilized in the adventure league space like yeah. to see that yep. well and and cool. you're also kind of uh not we haven't really even touched on because you said you know how do you introduce it you know you want them to clear it out or whatever it mm-hmm. could actually be a reward too right mm-hmm. you've, yep. you've done a great service um yep i'm give you like deed you over yeah yeah, yep. this, this piece of before. land, it's not in the greatest shape, but hey, it's something. When uh, one of my ill-fated attempts at getting my party hooked on a stronghold was with White Plume Mountain. And, you know, you have all these groups of of lords and who are whose relics got stolen, right? Black Razor, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And you don't want your party ending up with Black Razor, ideally, right? Mm-hmm. So what the lord outside said was, you bring me that and I'll give you the choice of gold or relics. Or land indeed, right? Like, I have the power to do that. Of course, none of my party chose for any of the people that they got. Right. Nobody wanted land indeed, but they, it was one of they my. They weren't like, forward thinkers. No, mm-hmm. no, they they don't. They're very nearsighted. They did, they did not want to build generational wealth. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, cool. Well, table that. Yes. For another time. Um. Put a pin in it. Um, I think that's going to wrap up part two yep. of of our discussion of strongholds. Um, if you want to tell us about your stronghold or your ill-fated attempt at a business or anything like that, um, I would encourage you to head on over to our Facebook and uh, like our page and either post a post a comment or post a post a thought. Or shoot us a private message and start a conversation that way. Um, we'd love to chat with you about that. Um, if there's something that we forgot, some key component of this process, uh, bring it up, point it, point us in the right direction, and we'll bring it up on a later episode. Um, we say this at the end of every episode, but Facebook is the best way for you to chat with us at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and for you to kind of grab our ear and pull it whatever direction you want. Um, but you should also do like Girk and others and Echo and other folks did tonight and come hang out on our live streams typically happen at 9.30 Central on Sunday nights and come chat while we uh, record these episodes and have your opinion um, matter in real time. Or just mm-hmm. make fun of us. Or much just like, make fun of us. which Much like Girk yeah. and, and Echo and them do. Yeah. It's a brilliant <laughs> pastime. And it's easy. Really, it's, very, it's, we, lo, it's low-hanging fruit, yeah, believe me. It's like a real yeah. slow – it's almost like T-ball, really. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having the visual to go with it is like slow pitch or T-ball. Yeah. Everything becomes much easier. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess for that, uh, thanks for listening to yet another episode. Thanks to John. Thanks for Troy for hanging out yet again. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Have care, a great game, safe. everybody. All right, I'm going to go refill my coffee mug real quick, and then we'll do episode two. Yeah, yeah Gert says he likes to listen to us whenever he needs to feel better. Oh, <laughs> I, I need to feel better Aww. about myself. I need to Shots listen to fired. those three sacks of hammers. Goons. <laughs> sacks of hammers. <laughs>